0: welcome to the great lakes fishing podcast presented by fishhawk electronics if you're looking for news tips and stories about fishing the great lakes you've come to the right place and now your host chris larson
1: hello and welcome to the great lakes fishing podcast at fishhawk live today we're joined by captain craig sleeman craig welcome to the show thanks chris
0: glad to be here appreciate you having us on
1: Well, today we're discussing the National Walleye Tour, and this is the first year that you've fished full-time on the tour, and you've done really well. Earned a spot in the Tour Championship on Lake Erie out of Dunkirk, New York, and that's coming up in about a month, and you have to be in the top 40 to do that. Uh, You finished the regular season in 27th place overall in the standings. That's uh, quite quite an accomplishment. How do you feel about your season? Yeah, thanks for that. You know,
0: our season, uh, you know, this year obviously being a full-time uh, a full time job for us, starting there in March in Detroit and now finishing up in Green Bay here this last week. Um, you know, I feel very uh, feel very blessed, number one, to have the opportunity to compete. We've got a lot of great uh, people involved with our team that travels and, and a lot of the support at home. And, um, you know, also, too, I feel like we've learned a lot. You know, the last couple of seasons, we've, uh, we've struggled a little bit here and there at certain places, and our approach to – breaking down new water and, and obtaining information and, and putting together a game plan with our co-anglers and our, our team, I think has been very beneficial to having a full time, you know, a time allotted to, to actually tackling the tour. I mean, only fishing two events my first year and then only three events last year. Um, you know, the learning curve has been pretty steep. And so now having, uh, you know, that opportunity to, uh, to take the time and, and spend, you know, full weeks pre-fishing and, and getting in front of uh you know, new fish in different diverse places, you know, across the country has really helped our program. And, you know, I'm super excited to bring it back to, uh, to Dunkirk, you know, Dunkirk is a, uh, a really unique fishery. It's in the Eastern basin of Lake Erie. Um, it's on the Southern shore, uh, probably about, you know, 25, 30 miles from Buffalo. And um, it's kind of where I cut my teeth while I fishing and, and, you know, I'm really looking forward to the opportunity to uh, bring in some of the best of the best out to uh, to challenge. Everybody. It's going to challenge for us. It's gonna be a challenge for most guys to get here. The fish are, you know, constantly moving. And um, but yeah, again, you know, super excited about the season, really looking forward to this this championship. And, you know, hopefully we can uh you know arrange a top ten there at the last day to even have a chance. So but definitely looking forward to it.
1: Yeah, you said you've you've kind of fished part time on the tour up until this year. What in what went into the decision this year to to go for it, to go full time this year on the tour?
0: Yeah, we had some some financial backing from some of our sponsors and um you know, that really does help. So I do have a lot of people to thank for that. Um, also, too, uh, with that championship being in Dunkirk, I think that was going to be our major goal was to, to try to just have a chance at competing in that top 40. And so, um, you know, those two, two factors I think were key players in, in putting this all together to try to make it here at the end.
1: All right. The tour started off in the Detroit River. Uh, you had a really nice showing there. Tell us a little bit about that Detroit River stop.
0: Yeah, Detroit was a challenge. Um, you know, the weather obviously – Uh, Super difficult. We had high winds. We even had a day cancel on the river, which is usually never, you know, a a thing. Um, But, uh, you know, we had some issues with water clarity. Um, You know, the difference between jigging, you know, with a a three quarter ounce or one ounce, you know, lead head and a piece of plastic versus, you know, possibly using the uh, the hand lining system was something I had to learn very quickly. Um, Never having that opportunity prior to, you know, approaching that event. Hand lining became one of my, my favorite applications of, of trying to get those fish to bite. And I learned a lot. You know, it was kind of a kind of a run what you brung and, and uh, you know, dive in head first and see what happens. But uh, that event really did challenge a lot of anglers. Um, happened to have the only five fish limit on day one, which was a huge feat out of 113 anglers. To say that I caught the only limit was, you know, a big feather in the cap for the year and that got us started. But um, had a few mechanical issues on day two with some bad fuel, but uh, got a late start and caught a nice seven pounder uh, on our first drop, which put us in the hunt. So we end up top 15, which, you know, to me was points and a paycheck is what we always kind of shoot for, try to grab those points and try to grab a paycheck. But yeah, it was a very difficult event and, you know, learned a lot about water clarity, learned a lot about, uh, you know, the fish migration. And of course, you know, three or four days later, it seems like the fishing really picked up there after we had left. So, uh, but yeah, had a, had a really good first strong event and, um, you know, learned again, learned how to fish a river properly with, you know, some local help and our team, we really, uh, you know, we really had a uh, had a lot you know, going for us with, with some of that local help. So that definitely is, pays off.
1: All right. We normally focus on the Great Lakes, but uh, we're talking your tour, kind of your experience this year. Uh, tour heads to a variety of different destinations. The next stop was on the Missouri River in late April. Uh, that was in Chamberlain, Missouri, or Chamberlain, South Dakota. Uh, this was kind of a tough spot. You talked about points and paycheck. Neither one of those things happened for you here uh, tell us a little bit about that experience being out in South Dakota and uh, kind of a rough showing for you there.
0: Yeah, it was. And, uh, you know, that's fishing, you know, uh, you know, you're going to have your ups and downs. And, and again, you know, having it be the first time even seeing this body of water, um, learning that walleyes can actually be in three to six inches uh, of water on a shoreline, you know, was a, was a surprise to me. And so, you know, learning that lighter jig bite, casting to shorelines, finding that slot fish and you know, again, th- these tournaments, you know, at these bodies of water, especially the one in South Dakota, is a slot tournament. So we're only allowed to keep, you know, a certain number of fish. Once our fish are on board, um, we cannot release them or upgrade in what they call calling. And so, you know, fortunately for, you know, this event it does help with the preservation of the resource. But at the same time, as an angler, you've got to be able to make that mental decision of should I keep this, you know, 19 and three quarter inch fish because it is uh, is under that 20 inch slot limit or you know, do I try to, you know, extend my, you know, uh, uh, goal of catching a, a bigger fish in a, in, a, in, a, in a just tighter slot to try to get them uh, to get that weight higher. And so, you know, learning more about the slot limits and what fish were available to be caught. You know, I made a big run south on a gamble. I had some pretty good fish in practice uh, and some treetops that I was jigging using my active target uh, sonar and uh, just happened to, to not be able to come up with them on day one of our first event. So kind of scrambled a little bit to catch my five on day one on day one of the event. And then, you know, day two, I had to take one more chance to try to gain some ground and just never could find those big 25 inch fish that we had in practice. So, you know, making some mental decisions and maybe sticking around closer to home and just maybe going through some more fish would have been my my, my second guess on that if I could do it all over again. But again, that's fishing and, and trying to win some of these events. You really sometimes have to take a chance and. Uh, you know, I took that chance and it was early enough in the season that, you know, we had some other places that I knew we could at least have some decent finishes in uh, places we had been before. And so we kind of gambled on this one and then, you know, kind of back to the drawing board for the third event.
1: Let's talk about that third event. Uh, another place that's a little bit different than the waters you're used to the Mississippi River out of Prairie du Chien Wisconsin uh that's some that's some dark water man there's a some definitely some some limits to water clarity there uh but she bounced back had a pretty decent finish there uh tell us a little bit about uh what happened there
0: yeah it was it was interesting you know I had uh you know brought my brother and his son, son back out to do some pre-fishing along with my co-angler Mike Yurima Mike who's one of my traveling partners and you know, we put together a, a program that was really close to home. Uh, I had never seen a willow cat and never fished a wing dam, And with those two things being a, the whole Mississippi vibe, uh, it was nice to kind of get my, my feet wet with those guys. And they we put together a program where we had found some local bridges that were holding some fish. And, uh, you know, that being said, in this one, we decided not to make that big, big run and go through the locks and, and even have a chance of maybe hitting a barge, uh, you know, and missing a schedule of getting back from, you know, pool number seven or eight. And so we really wanted to figure out, you know, what was going to be the best way to catch five fish and get a limit, get those points. And, uh, you know, after day one, I think we were top 15. We had a really good start and, you know, had six or seven really good bites. Although we did have two bites in that slot, like I talked about earlier, when we get to these events, you know, in the Midwest, a lot of them are slot fish, um, you know, limits. And so I had caught some fish just over or just under that 27, uh, you know, cutoff line and, and just happened to bring in five really good slot fish on day one. And, you know, then for day two, we had uh, one of our our teammates, uh, Wayne Van Dyke, in the in the top uh, five. He was actually second by just a few ounces, Max Wilson leading there. And, you know, he was able to put together enough fish on day two to, to give himself a top 10, which is strong. And we were in the, you know, the top 30, 35 there, I think, uh, once we finished up. So, you know, again, trying to gain those points, missed a paycheck by a few spots, but, super to happy, happy to have, you know, that top 40 like we had been, been trying to achieve all year just so we could get to this final uh, final event.
1: So just a few weeks ago, uh, the tour went to Green Bay and this is uh, probably water that you're a little bit more familiar with. You know, you've been fishing those river systems and now back out on big water in Green Bay, a completely different style of fishing than the previous few, few events. Tell us a little bit about fishing on Green Bay, walleye fishing out there.
0: Yeah. Green Bay is a very diverse, diverse fishery. Um, you can do a lot of different things. It's, it's casting. Um, you know, we had our Douglas X matrix out casting jigging wraps and, and blade baits from I1 baits. We had, you know, a number of opportunities and caught plenty of fish, um, in practice, um, you know, jigging, but that consistent bite just did not show up for us, you know, about the third or fourth day of, of really trying to push that Northern bite. We just couldn't find enough, you know, we had a big wife population, big bloom there and, you know, guys had complained of just too much bait. And I I did see the same thing. We had, you know, competition with bait rather than just a few gobies on the bottom. So we we put our jigging sticks away and we went to trolling and we got down in the mud and just like, you know, probably 75% of the fleet did as they went down and and trolled worm harnesses. And we pulled two ounce in lines and and had some fish that were high. We caught some fish on ones and, and some short leads, but, you know, eventually found that our best consistent bite was down below, you know, that down at 30 foot range, we were 25 over 30. And, you know, pulling spinners in the mud is something that I'm I'm used to. You know, it's a Lake Erie technique that we learned from our late Bob Henton. And, you know, we were able to put together a good five fish limit on, on day one and, and had a pretty good seat, you know, at the table. And, you know, come day two, we went back down and, and only had two bites by noon. And so it made it really tough to to make decisions to stay there and grind or, or find a rock pile that had some fish in practice that we could at least gain our five. And so I opted to leave about 1230 knowing I had to be back early on, on a flight number two there. And, Uh, put together three fish fairly quickly on a rock pile they just you know weren't very big fish but happy to bring again another limit and having two limits in that tournament you know usually can get you a top 40 that's exactly what it did for us and secured uh you know a bump up in the standings we went from 33rd up to 27th and you know like i said didn't have to gain any points just wanted to stay in that top 40 but but happy to do so at the same time
1: all right, yeah, you uh, had a good finish there, put yourself in 27th overall of the season. What's it like for you to see your name on that list with a lot of your heroes and just a lot of guys that are, are really well known as as just accomplished anglers on the tour?
0: You know, it's funny. Yes, that. I mean, back in 2012, I signed up for an All Star Walleye School and uh, sat next to uh, Mark Quartz and Paul Maline and and uh, Kevin McCoy and uh, you know Corey Sprengel and the guys that we're fishing with right now and. Um, it's a dream come true for me to just just have this opportunity to be, you know, in that same category. Have have your name next to them in a away slip, and you know, see Keith Cavias and see you know Chase Parsons and and uh, Gary Parsons and guys that we grew up, you know, as co anglers. We we did get a chance. My brother and I were able to fish a few co angler events as an amateur, and and we're hooked up with some really you know strong professionals. And I think them setting the standard of what it's like to be professional on the road and and carrying a you know, not only a positive attitude and good, good and bad in fishing, but also, you know, leading by example. And I think, you know, having that opportunity now to fish with these guys and, you know, fish against them, if you will. And it's just been a dream come true. And, you know, like I said, you know, watching, uh, you know, some of these guys weigh in some pretty mighty big bags, you know, back in the day over Port Clinton and Lake Erie. And then also again, you know, guys that have won some events here over the last couple of years, it's, it's truly a, a blessing. And I'm super excited to have the opportunity.
1: We talked a lot about several different bodies of water so far, but now the tour championship is coming to what is essentially your home waters. You said, you kind of cut your teeth there. And I've fished with you out of Dunkirk, New York before out on Lake Erie. Uh, how much are you looking forward to this championship and getting to a piece of water that you're really, really comfortable with?
0: Yeah, I think it's going to be the first time, you know, in a long time that we we actually do feel comfortable fishing here. You know, I can't make any promises that there's going to be a ton of big fish you know, right around, the, right around the corner, there's going to be some big fish caught and, uh, you know, but for the first time ever, you know, we get to call someplace home and, you know, everywhere we travel, you know, Green Bay, Wisconsin, heading out to South Dakota, you know, um, you know, getting out to the uh, Mississippi River. None of these places feel like home and their techniques and, and, and ways of catching walleyes that we've never even thought possible. And, you know, to finally have, you know, the right rod and reel set up and have the right electronics, and seeing the right, you know, screens when we go to fish and, you know, finally feeling confident, I think, is going to play a major role in, in how we make our decisions in this one. I mean, again, it's going to be a consistent bite. We're going to have to, you know, only have four presentations. And that's one thing that I think a lot of the outside folks don't understand is we only get four rods. Um, you know, understanding that most of the charter bites that are out of Pennsylvania and out of Dunkirk right now, they can run six or eight rods aside, And that's, you know, that's what we call combining. Um, we're not allowed to do that. We've only got four presentations and, you know, whether we, we fish, you know, tight to the boat or we put them out on boards or, you know, but we're definitely going to be, you know, utilizing our fish hawk. And that's, you know, another point that I like to bring up is everywhere we go, we've, we've found a utilization, you know, last in green Bay, I was using it down in the mud, even in 30 feet of water, I'm seeing a big difference in current speed and direction. And, you know, this is going to play a major role in our, in our success in getting some of these fish to bite is. You know, I was out on Friday with some clients on a charter and, and happened to see that, you know, my top speed, I was pulling some crankbaits at, you know, two two to two three, and my down speed and my down current um, was only at two zero, And so there's going to be a big difference. And I think, you know, the guys that show up and understand current, understand temp are going to be a lot more consistent. And that's what we're going for. We're looking for consistency. And, you know, if we can find 30 to 32 pounds a day, I think it's possible. Um, get a few kicker fish in there. If we can get an eight or nine here and there. Uh, but right now, the eastern basin, you know, is fishing as best as it's been. It's just the consistency of those old forty-pound bags. I think is going to be tough. But these are the best of the best, and so you know, I expect some guys to find some things. And you know, who knows? We'll see what uh, we'll see what they can come up with. But yeah, I finally get to come home, and you know, super confident that uh, we can at least put some put some bags together here in the first couple
1: of days. All right, I'm going to put you on a spot here a little bit. Best of the best, but fishing kind of your tools, your style. Where do you see yourself stacking up? against these 40 anglers when this thing starts? Yeah, that's a tough one. I mean, you know, it's fishing.
0: Remember the fish have to cooperate also. Um, you know, my goal is just to make that top 10. If I could make the top 10 at home, we've got tons of support. My family's gonna be there. We've got tons of fishing friends that are gonna show up and, you know, it's gonna be overwhelming to see the faces, you know, out there in, in support of, of our program. But, you know, I, I'm I'm hoping we can we can find enough to get us to that top 10 and that would be success in my book, you know, being first full-time year on tour and you know, the ups and downs of what that looks like. But then again, you know, being able to find some of these, these bigger, you know, five and six pound average fish and, you know, hope for a seven or eight pounder here and there as a kicker fish, I think would put us in that top 10 range, you know, based on what's going on. And, you know, if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. You know, we at least had the opportunity. We, you know, put ourselves in a, in a, in a seat to compete and, you know, we're just going to go from there. It is, it is still fishing.
1: Yeah. Chip in a chair. We've talked about a lot about different techniques and, and, you're coming home, you're coming to this place that you know well, how do you feel? And I don't need you to give away secrets, but what are you gonna be doing? I mean, how are you gonna be setting up your step? What do you think the, uh, the technique to, to win this thing is gonna be?
0: Yeah, I mean, again, going back to that idea with only four presentations, you know, there's a couple of different ways that, that we can present our baits to these fish. And, you know, as that water temperature continues to rise and we've had some warm heat here the last few days in upper state, upstate New York, um, some 80s and mid 90s here for the last few days and that water stratification you know is really setting up so I think the the angler that can go out and, and find a way to present our fish especially some of these deeper fish um, you know depending on what trolling techniques they want to use whether it's snap weights or if they want to grab some lead core or, you know even some wire whatever they decide they're going to bring out to this tournament um, I think the guys that can find that consistent bite of the fish that are uh, you know schooling or classing themselves together I know we've got a big influx of Ohio fish and Those fish right now, we just can't seem to find the leading edge of where that bigger, you know, class of fish may be. So, you know, we're going to have a lot of what we call rats, a lot of small fish, um, you know, taking over. And and only having, again, that efficient uh, program together with four presentations is going to make it tough to weed through some of those smaller fish to get to that five to six pound average fish. So, um, but yeah, we're going to be trolling, you know, covering as much water as we can. uh, But it doesn't rule out that these guys won't bring this technology of active target and uh, live scope out and try to jig them a few places because that, can also happen so it could be a mix of both but right now I think we're going to stick with our guns and cover as much water as possible.
1: You've got about four weeks uh, before the championship comes what does your preparation look like over the next four weeks what are you going to be doing uh, to get ready for this tournament?
0: That's a good question we're actually on the road back from Battery World over in Syracuse New York and dealing with the trolling motor batteries but uh, we've got a plan to get those put back together and just refining equipment and uh, you know stretching some lines here and there. We've got you know a few a pretty busy charter schedule with some some clients that want to get out and catch some fish. And so you know we're going to look for some schools and you know keep in contact with some of our, our local fishermen and just see where things are and what's going on. But I think we're going to test some new things. We've got some you know ideas of of how to pull some of the deeper fish and and you know maybe throwing some downriggers on the old Ranger and, and giving them a whirl as well. But uh, you know right now we're just going to keep refining the program that we've been that's been successful for us in the past and you know, really just kind of see how we can continue to build that four rod program and see, you know, what's going to be most efficient. You know, we don't know what the prediction is for weather. Obviously we don't know, you know, what August 24th, fifth and sixth look like right now. So, you know, that's going to be a major role. We may have some blow days and some days where we have to, you know, not get too far offshore to find some fish. And so I think we're going to stay close to home to start, but, uh, there, there could be an opportunity. We are allowed to get gas. So we'll probably be doing some research on, uh, maybe some, some far off fish to see if, uh, you know, they're a little more consistent as far as size and, uh, and location. So it could be a little more, uh, little more travel than we expected in some days, but uh, we're gonna try to keep it close to home.
1: A lot of people dream of doing what you've been doing this year, being a tournament pro, but a lot of people that I've talked to have done what you've been doing will tell you it's a real grind. Um, are you looking forward to the season end or are you dreading it? Tell us a little bit about kind of what that's gonna look like when it's all over. You know, we, we have a famous saying is uh, you can't do this in
0: February. And uh, it's totally true in upstate New York. We get that, you know, 25 below zero wind chill and, and, you know, our, our lakes start to freeze over a little bit. And, you know, I'm really, I'm really excited to see this come to a fruition of the end, but at the same time, it's something I look forward to on the daily. You know, I talk about it with my friends and family daily. We talk about, you know, strategies on the daily. And so it's kind of a, it's a bittersweet, you know, yeah, I'm excited to fish the end. But at the same time, you know, it's been a, a really tremendous season for us. And so I don't want to see it come to an end too quickly. So hopefully if we can
1: extend this out a few more weeks. When football players win the Super Bowl, they say they're going to go to Disney World. If you win the NWT championship, where are you going?
0: I think I'm going to go to Put-In Bay and uh, park it over there in the islands with the boys from Ohio for a few
1: days to celebrate it. All right. It uh, takes a lot of help and support to do what you've been doing. Uh, who are some of the people who have helped you? Uh, any people you want to sh- give a shout out to?
0: Yeah, we've got some great support at home. Obviously, my co-angler, Mike Urema from I1 Bates has been with me all year. Um, he just came off a victory as a co-angler. He got to, uh, to fish with Dwayne Helm on day two and put together a pretty big bag, a 41-pound bag, using some jigging wraps up north and so I want to thank him for all of his support. Obviously, you know, we have got Dave over at Doc's Tackle. We've got the guys at Douglas Rods. You guys, obviously, at Fishhawk, my Torpedo guys. Um, you know, Ryan Denhay's over at Access. Uh, you know, we've got plenty and plenty of guys. The guys, obviously, Walleye Nation Creations, always hooking us up with some Reapers, and those have been really hot lately on Lake Erie. So, so many people in manufacturers, but, you know, my friends, family, Jess at home, uh, my mom and dad. My mom's, you know, been going through some health issues, so I'm, I'm really excited to have her back to health and, and I uh, get to share this moment with her of, of finally becoming a professional fisherman in a championship, you know, right around the corner. So it's going to be, I'm going to super excited to see them. And, and obviously my twin brother, Ethan, he and I share the responsibility of the boat and at the shop and putting things together and his son Fisher been super supportive and actually flew out to help with some, some days of pre-fishing Green Bay. So I owe a lot to them as well.
1: Very cool. I really appreciate coming on Craig. Is there anything that you wanted to say or talk about that? I didn't ask you about today. Uh, you know, just, take take a veteran fishing
0: you know um we had a, a western new york heroes day here a few weeks ago and um we had some some of our new york veterans out uh, on the water and i think you know we've got to remember even though our, our world is in a little bit of turmoil right now our country's you know kind of on its ups and downs gas prices are out of, out of control but we still owe a lot of our uh you know our time on the water to those that fought for our freedoms and and if, if we could take a veteran um you know i try to shoot to at least do that day and then if i can find a few more throughout the year to to donate a a, a trip to take them out and put them on the water. I think it's, it's super important that we remember, you know, why we do have these opportunities to fish for these championships. And, and I think it's something that we can all learn from is, is those, those folks put their life on the line and we still have active duty members. You know, I've got students that I had in school that are, you know, still fighting, fighting for our freedoms and keeping us safe at home. So I want to, uh, you know, pass that along would be my number one thing.
1: Very well said, Craig, really appreciate you coming on, taking some time out. in talking with us, and uh, wish you good luck here as your tournament season winds down, and uh, uh, have fun out there with your charter clients. And uh, just appreciate you coming on; always a pleasure talking to you. Perfect. All right, thanks so much Chris, for watching. Thanks so much. I can't uh,
0: thank you and Trev enough for helping us out with it. All
1: right, appreciate thank it, you. Craig. We're starting to, starting to lose your signal. Uh, I guess that's well time. The show's about over. Uh, appreciate everybody t- for watching, listening, and we'll talk to you next time. Thanks for
0: listening to the Great Lakes Fishing Podcast presented by Fishhawk Electronics. For more information on fishing the Great Lakes, visit our blog at fishhawkelectronics.com.